Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners, macabre murders and captivating crimes from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the desert Bidel. And it's episode 171. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's into the 70s. Into the 70s. Into the 70s. Delightful time. It is a delightful time. Time of blackouts and power cuts and stuff. <laughs> it's hot and, and as well. Excellent glam. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Or do you think we're going to have a resurgence of glam? Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yes, just on this podcast, not in time. Ah, <laughs> uh, how are you, Nick? Well, hot, as you just said. Yes, it's... Oh, I thought the storm earlier was going to clear it, but no. No, Still no. Still as... I mean, all the stereotypes about the British complaining about the weather. Oh, God, yeah. Constantly. And English people. Constantly. It's, 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 it's true. <laughs> stereotypes are there for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> They're all true. It's either too hot, it's too cold, it's not wet enough, it's too yeah. wet. And it's nothing like looking out the window when there's a thunderstorm and going, well, we needed it. We needed it. <laughs> we did it because we've been pissing around for the past six months. We really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know. Good. Well, any poisonings this week? I don't know. You don't know? You're too hot. <laughs> You're too hot. I don't think so. You've had a nice relaxing weekend. It's been all right. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no. I wasn't around to bother you. Well, yeah, it was absolutely so. Even even better. Oh, oh, <laughs> bitch. It's been delightfully relaxing. Yes, I was at a festival. It was lovely. Yeah. Pretty relaxing, actually. Pretty relaxing. Chilled out listening so, yeah. to the music. See, what a lovely time we have away from each other. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Oh, is that what it is? Yes, and also appreciate what we really have. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always a delight to see your face. Oh, absolutely. It's delightful. Well, we do have a shout out this week. We do indeed. We do indeed. From one of our listeners over in Canada, because there are some terrifying things happening all over the world especially mm. with the massive forest fires and everything that are happening oh, in canada God. and in lots of places as well unfortunately Many so places. huge shout out to all the firefighters and the emergency workers and everyone who is manning that and evacuating people i can't imagine how terrifying it is we're quite as much as we bitch about the weather we're quite lucky over here um it's <laughs> Puts just, it into perspective it somewhat, really does isn't it? absolutely you know it's what like, we've got too much rain yes <laughs> oh look it's a bit damp oh look it's a bit warm um, but we've never been on fire. Fine. Soon so, it will come. So yes. yes. So God bless everyone who is out there and hope you're well and keeping safe. Thank you so much to all of our emergency services who are out there on the front lines, wherever you are in the world as well. If you if you see anyone tackling the fires, go over and give them a hug. <laughs> I think they've got bigger things to worry <laughs> yeah, about. Prob- prob- probably not when they're trying to evacuate a school and it's full of children. <laughs> or they're with, they're with a hose of 50 billion gallons a second and you're, you're there trying to hug them. And they're going, fuck <laughs> A stranger trying to hug you. No, let this happen. Yeah. You know what? I'll change that to donate. Donate to a good yes, cause. Yes, absolutely. Don't try and molest people while they're doing very important work. Yeah. I can't yeah. stress that enough. Leave them alone. <laughs> good thoughts. I'm sending positive thoughts your way. Thank you to anyone who is on the front line right now. We love you. Well, speaking of people we love... 
mm. and people who are sticky in the hot weather, I think it is time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. Oh, they're, they're especially sticky, I've heard. Oh, they are very <laughs> sticky. <laughs> sticky but sweet. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you very much. To Shauna Border. To Kyla. To Laura Ansel. To Rachel Howard. And to the very sticky Vicky Spiegel. Oh, thank you. Vicky is sticky. <laughs> thank you very much. You're all bloody marvellous. I bet you Vicky is the sort of person who's just, who's, her name has been rhymed with sticky. Probably. And she just gotten over it. Just got over it and we've just yes. re-triggered some hidden trauma. You know, it's good sticky. That's what you are, Vicky. Embrace it because we love you. We'd love to be stuck to you. <laughs> Again, getting weird. <laughs> not helping. Not really right? not, no. I really should not. not negotiate any situation. No, I think it's probably best you, yes, you keep away from just people in general. That's what you've been trying to do for a very probably long time. Probably safer for everyone concerned. <laughs> just stay on the airwaves, it's fine. We had fun-ish on Patreon this week. because got fun, dark fun very wouldn't be quickly. the best word to use for it. Yeah, that was, it was dark. Like it was a harsh, harsh, violent case. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. Went to Ramsgate, your old stomping ground. Went to Ramsgate, the and lovely... Home of murderers. Yeah, it just apparently. proved that absolute bastards come from Ramsgate. Yeah, you crawled out of there somehow. You escaped their clutches. Uh, yeah, that was a dark one. But every now and then, it's got to get dark. Well, murder is not always jolly. It's not. Well, not always. It's not always fun. <laughs> well, the thing is that we've made it fun a lot. You can't always do that. <laughs> I think we've had about two or three where we've gone. Oh, that wasn't fun on the main episode. Patreon it gets weird. And also, that did open a debate. Uh, a few people were asking about more modern cases and stuff that's been on the news lately mm. but over on Patreon we do like to delve into some interesting subjects so if anyone has thoughts on modern or old cases you can always let us know because Patreon is but $5 a month there is a higher tier if you want a goodie package from us do check it out if you're interested in more poisonous cabinet goodness well Nick are you ready? God yes okay are <laughs> <laughs> you always astounded that I could get a chance to get in there <laughs> were you planning I was going to say something desperately witty and meaningful <laughs> and profound were you it's like no, not allowed. Well, you well, no, go ahead now. No, please. it's good. The moment is gone. Oh, has it? The moment right. is gone. Oh, dear. No. Oh, no. God, you know what? People will lie awake at night wondering no, what, what the world The world is worse off, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> that was what was going to keep those firefighters going. No, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now it's the world that's going to burn. And it's your fault. I think it's your fault for not getting in there <laughs> quick enough. You need to be more assertive with your witticisms that are going to save the world. Well, Nick, are you ready? No, go on then. No, to drink cocktails and talk about poison? Yeah. No, we don't drink poison and talk about cocktails. I'm going for a poison. I know what's coming. So. <laughs> I think we should go with the first one. Shall we? Okay. Shall we? Hooray, hooray, hooray. It is my episode this week, but we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, mm. dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell, and it will flavor our cocktail of the week. My story is my pick, and this week's secret ingredient is jelly. Jelly? Jellies. Jellies. Lovely, lovely, lovely jellies. Lovely jelly. Many jelly. Lovely jelly. Like jelly. jelly. <laughs> so I almost cheated. Okay. And went with the sort of American version of jelly. What, jam? Jam. But then I thought, Sinead, well, yeah, I thought the Sinead would have thrown things I at me. I would have thrown things at you. So to I be thought, honest, uh, I thought that's what you were going to do. So I, thought I thought you were going to go. I almost went down that route. Could do that. I thought, oh, no. So I didn't do that. No, and it is a, it's a thing. It's, it's, it's a not thing. even tenuous. It's jelly. It goes jelly. It's so jelly. It's jelly. So yeah, we're having some jelly and ice cream. Oh, nice. I love our jelly and ice cream. I haven't had jelly and ice cream since I was a kid. I want jelly and ice cream. Tell you something that's going to blow your mind. Never had it. <gasps> What's so great about it? How have you tried? How, how have you lived? 
Have I lived? Have you lived? Well, jelly and ice cream. Well, no, but I think you'll find you haven't. (laughs) (laughs) No, we just had venison and foie gras. That was all we had in the in the palace that I lived in. Apparently, yeah. Us people who were (laughs) scrabbling around in the dirt. Um, What? We we, in the wilds of Ramsgate. In the wilds of Ramsgate, fighting off fighting off the murderers. (laughs) That one. That one brief respite from fighting off the murderers in Ramsgate was when the jelly man came. The jelly man sounds terrifying. Beware the jelly man, my friends, when the moon is fat. <laughs> He's just like the child catcher. Jelly, jelly children, come in. And that was just another horror you had to face. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and I, I was right out there. <laughs> well, I lived in the countryside of nothing but wheat and absinthe. <laughs> it was a strange and time. Songbirds used to bring your meals to you of an evening. Oh yeah, definitely. Absolutely. They used to dress me yeah. every morning. Yeah, how it yeah, works. Yeah. How <laughs> it works with a posh folk in the countryside. <laughs> Belfast working class family did good. They're like, we shall give you everything, children. Here's a bird to dress you. I'd rather just get dressed myself. No, no, apparently this is how they do it in the films. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> With jelly, I'm gonna die. With yes, jelly as your ingredient. What have you come up with? Well, okay, okay. I'm so excited. Okay, we're having okay a margarita. Okay, what? <gasps> you haven't in tiny tiny jelly form. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you've done it! I didn't think you'd do jello shots. No. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so happy. <laughs> but also, maybe I shouldn't be because God knows what this is. I thought you were going to do something weird. Like, oh, I got jelly. Well, there are also you know, like jelly bean cocktails and things like that. Mm. And I thought, well, no, no, fuck it. <laughs> we're going to do it. Do it properly. No more time wasted. I think it is time for us to jiggle into the poisonous <laughs> cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a minute. And we're back. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh, well, Nick. Mm. Nick. Nick, there's something on a plate. Yeah. <laughs> this, this did not go entirely as planned. Well, what did you think was going to happen? I'm, I'm hoping they, I, help, I hope they would hold their form more. More gelatin would have been required. I think they are holding their form. Mm. So we have a plate in front of us. A jiggling, gelatinous plate of, um, of jello shots. With margarita flavouring, yeah. Now, I th- but I think they are usually served in like little shot glasses to oh, no, help. I, them. I was I was hoping they would be more rigid. You you were thinking like a sophisticated dessert no, that so you would sort of eat with a the, with a nice yeah. coolie. I just didn't. They're pretty rigid. It's not. They're not. Mel- they're melting now because we've taken them out. But I th- I thought they they retain mm. their integrity. Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, we're going to eat them now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is possibly the, one of the most interesting things. Have, so, have Nick, a li- li- lift, lift have have a, have a thing. Okay. Right. Look, look at that. No, that's <laughs> oh, oh, so it's wobbly. It's all it jiggly. is. It is a bit like frog sport. No, it's not a good okay. look. No, they have not. No, I'm disappointed. No, it's good. It's good. I'm happy. I've got a jello shot. Look. It's, Go it's for it. Whoa, hello. <laughs> hello. Okay, what they lack in shape, they deliver in booze. Oh, that's strong, mate. Jesus Christ. It's a margarita. It's a margarita. It's a margarita. Margarita jello. Perfectly yeah. delicious. Perfectly delicious. Perfectly delicious. Now we're just going to spoon these into our faces. I tried to put them in a shot glass and Nick went, no, you mustn't. <laughs> yeah, the same. No, so that's that there. Okay, so what did you do? What did it's, you it's, do? It's a disappointing margarita and a disappointing finish. That's just, that's just bad. 
You just want your mouth and it turns into margarita. Uh, yeah, but no. Just fun. I'm but not, not, a good, not a good margarita, though. It's not a bad... I've had worse. <laughs> just, I'm just eating this with a spoon. It's like I'm a granny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this it's is a good fla- for your teeth, dear, isn't it? It's good for your it's teeth. It's a flash forward to us in the old folks' home. Everyone else is having low sugar jelly because they're all diabetic and we're fucking knocking back margaritas. <laughs> Well, this this was the first attempt. Right, you know what I'm going to do? I am going <laughs> to... Put them back in the fridge. and f- Chuck it back in the fridge so see it might firm up. <laughs> so we have one big jelly. One big jelly blob. So when we have the drinks break, we can just take a slice exactly. off. Exactly. You explain what you did. <laughs> what you did. Terrible, you terrible, did. terrible things. While I put this I'm in the fridge. Sorry. And also eat more of these. <laughs> okay. Right. No, it's probably wise that you don't. So I made margaritas. So basically, it is the quantities that you would usually have for margaritas. Because these weren't being shaken or stirred or anything, what I did is I added in sufficient water to account for the dilution you would get with shaking. So generally, if you're going to shake something, you're going to add around 25 to 35% water. Of the volume of your cocktail, you're going to add that 25 to 30% more, more water by shaking. So what I did is I measured out my margaritas. Uh, there's actually enough for three margaritas in that blob of blob of horror um, <laughs> that just came out there. Before I added the water into your your tequila and your contra and your lime juice and your sugar, I mixed in uh, gelatin sheets with the water, which is ho- in theory where you're supposed to get your setting agent from. I used two gelatin sheets for 60 ml of water. It was not enough. Should have used should have used more. So dissolve that in. Once that was dissolved into the water, added the water into the into the booze, gave that all a bit of a shake to combine it all, and then put it into little individual, and then put it in the fridge. And it went horribly wrong. A, cu- a couple more sheets of gelatin to get a firmer set, I would have been happy. Possibly another sheet of gelatin or yep. two would have made it very firm. Yeah, that's good. No, but then I, you I don't make that. jelly a lot, so you don't know. No, exactly. And if you do, I buy, you buy, I buy it in packet. However, I think it's less of a disaster than you do. Okay. I think it's fun. It's silly. There was a jelly bite to it. There was, yeah, there was if a different jelly form. If it was just liquid, if no. it was just liquid, that would be awful. It was, it was a jelly form. Jelly formed. And as a sophisticated, refined palate <laughs> having woman, but an occasional basic white bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh no, it's just jelly shots. It's fine. Taste of margarita. Yeah. I was going to do a whole variety of things, but then I realised all the booze is here, and oh, because I needed to make these yesterday, so they could set. Yeah. And things. So I had I had limited ingredients where I am now. I thought, oh, I thought casino number ones or an aviation. Oh, oh my that, god! Um, but the violets here. Then I thought, oh, um, espresso martini, espresso <gasps> martini and jello. Oh, I don't in know if that would work form. with coffee though. I think that could be ice. quite interesting. Oh, maybe. I well, think... so clearly we need to experiment. How much so, gelatin have you got left over? Oh, I've got loads. I've got tons. Okay, so we just do that this weekend. Yeah. So, um, we're going to yeah. have a games day, aren't we, on Sunday? Let's so just make a shitload of gelatin stuff. <laughs> so, yes, we've got loads left. <laughs> or a nice terrine. Yeah. And then I thought, ooh, Negroni shots. No, that's not going to I thought no, that's, that's going to go. Work. Something with a bit of sugar well. in it. Something with a bit of sweetness. I did think, well, ooh, I could make some last word ones. I thought, should I throw them at me because I've got chartreuse in? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so you you got quite margarita. creative in your head, didn't you? In my head. It was all, I, was, I, was going, I was going places. I really was. I was going places. <laughs> I like them. I think it's great fun and it's definitely something everyone can make at home. Make the margarita jello shots and it's a bit better than just vodka. Well, exactly. I thought, oh, like I a raspberry oh, vodka. Some fruit juice and some vodka. Yeah. That's boring. No, make a margarita. <laughs> okay, it's in the fridge. Then we can have slices of it later. I've topped up your Negroni. Hurrah. With our jelly shots sort of jiggling away. Jiggling away. Jiggling away, <laughs> trying to firm up. We're, we're juggling them as we go down the street. Would you like a story? I oh, definitely I would. Because we're going back 
Nick, go okay. back in time. To the invention of jelly. <laughs> the great jelly man. In 1653. <laughs> oh, you're not far off. You're not far okay. off. From where we're going, jelly may have been invented then. But yeah, the jelly man stalked the streets. I imagine him 20 foot tall. He was, just, was just throwing jelly yes. at everyone. It was like, he's a strangely not effective villain. Yes, it's, sort of, it's sort of like the English equivalent of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, isn't it? <laughs> This is it's jelly blood. So it's a bit sort of like, oh, uh, like, oh no, he threw some jelly at me. <laughs> it must be jelly because jam don't shake. <laughs> no, we're not going to the days of the jelly man, but we are going back. Yeah, yeah. So you were right, sort of era. Oh, okay. Back to the Jacobean era. Oh. Now we love the Victorian era. Yeah. We love us the Tudors. You favour the Renaissance. It's our favourite. Oh, you're quite good at you're quite good at it. There's, there's some nice foppish ways that there's I quite approve of. <laughs> but the Jacobean era is fantastic. The reign of the witch-fearing, plot-fearing, debt-laden monarch James the First of England, sixth of Scotland, and we have a scandalous story today of sex, political intrigue, witches. Why well, is that? He, he did. He did love a witch. He did. He didn't love a witch. Famously, oh, well, no, this is true. He, <laughs> he loved. He loved to torture a witch <laughs> and write about them. He liked and screaming rage, about them. Screaming about witches. Yeah, <laughs> but also. Poison mm. and jelly. Oh, how have I not come across this story? It says right <laughs> on my street. Very important sources to shout out for this week. The wonderful Mr. Tim Cloak, Ooh. our darling historian friend who has done several episodes on Patreon with us. We'll be doing another one in the future. Text him going, do you know about this? And then he said, he goes, here's some background information on all sorts of shit. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> thank you, mate. Also shout out, there's a lot of resources on this story. I'm going to shout out to Kieran Conleaf as well, who writes for Headstuff and has written many, many articles over the years. But the bulk of the story takes place between 1607 and 1616. So we have a mixture of great detail about this time period and then bits that go something happened no information on this whatsoever <laughs> but it really definitely did happen it definitely did happen let's make some shit up and then a lot of side stories so a lot of side <laughs> missions we're gonna go on as well okay. which i love in a story love an aside love a historic aside so today we are telling the story of francis howard carr and the murder of thomas overbury Oh, I do know this story. Oh, do you though? <laughs> well, I, know, I know of it. It's one of the ones I have come across in my researchings. It's one episodes. that's been mentioned to so us yes. from the beginning, from the beginning of the Poisonous Cabinet. And I think I looked at it a couple of times and went, well, there's not a lot of information on there. Yeah. But then when you sort of tug at the thread of the tapestry, it all comes tumbling down and a lot of stuff falls out from behind the tapestry. Nice. And then you go, oh, nice. So if you like your Tudor slash Stuart history because we're into the Stuarts now okay. <laughs> it's a fun time we've talked about king james the first of england sixth yeah. of scotland in previous episodes of course as you've referenced nick we talked about him in the pendle witches trial that we covered james the first not a fan of the witch not a fan of a witch no. no 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 not a fan of the witchy persuasion wrote demonology got very very frightened of it but he did other things as well as that uh, well yeah not much but he yeah. was a king <laughs> well he sort of just sat there going oh, everyone calm down <laughs> Historic context, James I was crowned King of Scotland after his mother, Mary Quid of Scots, abdicated. And he was crowned when he was 13 months old. Mm -hmm. But he didn't accept his duties until he was 14 months old. Quite right. No, not really, obviously. He was about 17 when he officially, officially took over. I think he was 13 when he said, you can be king. And he went, I don't want to. I don't want to be king. <laughs> and I would went, oh, all right. All the politicians went, oh, shit, we'll have to do it. Crowned King of England in 1603, following the death of Elizabeth I. Mm -hmm. And the whole mass of political shenanigans that went on, yeah. going, who shall 
will succeed this childless queen, who did very well. I think it's largely thanks to Lizzie's chief minister, Robert Cecil, Earl of Salisbury, very famous, Robert Cecil. Mm -hmm. James was able to ascend. He mm -hmm. was writing to him and he was sort of pushing a forwarding on let's have James on the throne. The line of succession after Elizabeth I, fascinating period. Oh, <laughs> really, mad. really it's, interesting. It's, it's a bit mad. It's just a bit mad. But once he was crowned, I love this, that James, now the first of England, moved to England, promised to return to Scotland every three years. Don't you worry, Scotland. I will be back. Didn't. Went back once in his entire reign, and his was a long reign. Mm. Described it as when he came to England, he said it was like swapping a stone couch for a feather bed. Ooh. That's that. going that is a kick in the teeth. But still, trying to keep the Scottish fine. <laughs> Not a Catholic, uh, despite his mother had feelings on that. And there's a lot of... Yes, a lot of feelings. Yes. If you know the period of history, fine. People who are trying to work out Catholic Protestants, which king was... It doesn't make sense on paper, so just go with it. <laughs> but he's in power. He's doing his best to keep peace. He just doesn't want any wars. James I... People who, who say he was ineffectual. Others say he was more learned and he was a bit of a thinker. He was a bit of a... Yes, I think he portrays a bit of a scholarly sort of he did. king rather than a warfare He did a lot to try and stop that sort of things happen and he was avoiding a lot of plots. There were a lot of plots, not just the big famous one. <laughs> uh, there were a couple of others as well, which kind of look on paper and you go, oh, gee, how many plots are there against me? I've just got here. Uh, translating Bibles, obviously, burning people who he thought made his boat wobble a bit. <laughs> but he had a lovely council around him to pretty much run things. And amongst his council was Thomas Howard. Earl of Suffolk, one of the many Earls of Suffolk, the latest in a long line of the Howard family. Mm -hmm. And the Howard family are very famous for being one of those families of very high-reaching political dreams and moving oh, yeah, all the pieces behind the scenes. So full context about the Howards, and again, thanks to lovely, lovely Tim, who provided some great background detail here as well. He, he, In his own words, he said, the Howards excelled in two things, social climbing and carrying on being Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> Generations of this noble family were committed to attaining the highest possible positions in court above all else, and they would experience peaks and troughs in popularity as they went and these are the highest of the peaks and the lowest of the lows still there are descendants today oh, absolutely. they would claim to be descendants of patreon favorite herifwood the wake nice yes they claim that not true not true not no. true tim said the words bollocks very frankly <laughs> yorkist during the war of the roses all this hard work paid off later in the tudor period and they were significant landowners and influential during the reign of henry the eighth now, the most famous associations with <laughs> yes. the Howard family. There's, there's one of them there. Well, there's two. They were related to Han Anne Boleyn. Mm. They had mm. two attempts at trying <laughs> to get to the crown, pushing, pushing people in front of them. So Anne Boleyn, okay, here's where the detail comes in. Just go with me here. Daughter of Elizabeth Howard. So one of the daughters of the Howard family. A cousin of yep. later, Catherine Howard. Anne Boleyn. Great. Howards are just leaning over the Boleyn's shoulders like, yeah, okay, we're here. Uh, that didn't end well. No, no, no. Really. It did not end well. But then came Catherine Howard, mm. Henry's fifth wife. Oh, brilliant. And the daughter of one of the men, Edward Howard. Brilliant. We know how that yeah, that didn't end up too well either. Another beheading. Very interesting about the wives, and I'd love to know people's feedback of if you ever want us to delve into the wives of Henry VIII, because, oh, well, why not? Catherine, do we think Catherine is a sympathetic character or as she was portrayed in history? Because she was written as, as stupid, as a relentless flirt, an adulterer, had had sex with everyone she'd ever met. 
actually had had a horrible childhood, mm. a horrible life. She was most likely, in the nicest possible way, molested by a lot of people and then forced into a marriage with a man who just was leaking pus from his leg. Delightful. And was just very bitter and twisted and angry, that is Henry VIII, and then ends up having a head cut off. No, it's not It's not a best life, really. It's not, it's not, it's not your best life, not your is best it? Life. The family are like, okay, you do the... Oh, shit, she, okay, she died. I will mention right now that in the notes that Tim sent, he made special reference to the musical Six. <laughs> for which we must applaud him. Absolutely. Whatever happened to the Howard women, the Howard men did not much care. Girls were there to further the male family members' well, exactly. standing. Make the marriages and pump out the babies. Really interesting to look into the Howard women, but none more so than the one we're going to come on to because she was a little bit different perhaps so by the 1600s the howard family had had a rocky time for a while okay two of their lot had been beheaded <laughs> by a king henry the eighth in the end of his life famously completely paranoid bitter tyrannical in a lot of pain and he took it out on everyone else executed catherine's cousin another of the howards for having a treasonous coat of arms oh nice coat of arms did not please the king mm, fair enough i don't know what was on it henry's head or his ass, maybe. <laughs> That's it. Another relative was executed for trying to put Mary Queen of Scots on the throne. Ooh, don't do that. Well, don't yeah, that's that. probably going to be frowned upon. Yeah, well, it worked after a while. Yeah. The family regained some wealth and favour when another of the Howards fought during the Spanish Armada and he would go on to marry a rich heiress and produce 14 children. 14. She did her job. Did her duty. Did her duty. Oh, yeah. And one of those children was Francis. By the reign of James I, the Howards are sort of keeping a low profile. They're still Catholic. They just don't talk about it. They're there in court. It was tenuous. And now Francis is born. Francis Howe was born in around 1590. And she is going to be another pawn in the Game of Thrones from the start. <clears throat> Age 14, she is introduced to 13-year-old Robert Devereux, the third Earl of Essex, Walsingham's grandson. Mm, it's a good, good, good match. Good match, good match. Introduced more as Francis. This is the man who's going to be your husband. Go throw on a wedding gown. Yeah. Before we all start going, ew, child, bride, mm. and husband. They're not completely stupid at this time. Not a good idea for them to consummate the marriage. No, indeed. Yeah. It's not uncommon that they get married and then they go, right, separate them immediately. No shagging because if she falls pregnant, there's a very high risk. Not going to end well. Of infant and mother mortality. He is sent off, the husband, Robert Devenu, sent off to Europe on a tour of Europe for two years. So she's like, okay, bye. bye. I'm married now. <laughs> uh, fine. She's now sent to court. She can be a lady in waiting. She can wait in court. She is a nice, respectable, beautiful young girl blossoming into womanhood while her husband is away. And indeed, she does blossom into a beautiful woman. There's a very famous portrait of her painted around 1615. I will use this for the episode cover, but I'm going to ask you to Google Francis Carr now without reading any of the words, but see if you can see the painting. And I'm Okay, yes, with her very large breasts. You've honed in on one thing. There, I did, I did didn't I? So. <laughs> okay, what's your impression of that painting? Um, it's, it's delightful. Yeah, it's, I've never seen it's a quite dark. painting that both conveys quite exposed buxom sensuality like a lot of breasts without understanding how breasts work yeah they're, they're quite separate <laughs> they're quite massively l lift and separate yeah it's very much separated <laughs> the 80s style also where are the nipples no none of that <laughs> because like, it's a low cut separate top well one imagine the nipple must be enclosed by frock okay Nick, look at the breast. There's no way the nipples are that low. The nipples are tucked under her breast in that picture. 
So, but sexy, sexy, isn't it? Well, actually, you're saying that because I found this on Pinterest. Oh, you found it on Pinterest? Which has given me another image. Is it just a pair of tits? Um, what are you looking at now, Nick? Oh, no, Lady Francis Carr. But obviously later in life. Right. Um, so now you need to come and look at this particular okay. image. Okay, oh, I will. <laughs> it's nipples! <laughs> so, you, were con- you were concerned about the lack of nipples. Oh, my God. Um, no, that's not- yes, I think this is her later later in life. So the, the second painting is... The dress literally just has nipples over the top of the it light. It just, just gives an interesting, interesting. It's look. an interesting interpretation. Well, back yeah. to the first one. Yes. Anyone listening now is just googling frantically, going, it's, "This t- is it's my terrifying. Friday night." Yeah. yeah. Also, but the look at her face in the original one—it's a really interesting look of cunning. Of it's provocative. It's quite, it's quite compelling. The look on her face as well. She's very much portrayed as this sort of mm, yes, very, very sexual and also fabulous rough. An excellent rough. Frances is attracting the eyes of many men at court, and she starts thinking for herself. The nerve! <laughs> and these guys, way better than my shitty husband. When her husband does return from his travels, he's uh, riddled with a case of smallpox. Nice. Frances wants absolutely nothing to do with him. Quite right. I never asked to marry you. You're gross. You've got a small box. Devereux tries to make a go of it with Francis. Like, we need to consummate our marriage. He's like, no, get the hell away from me. What would later be said is that Devereux could not perform with Francis. Could not perform with his wife. Now, he would counter that he could perform with any other lover. But Francis, no, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. She reviled him. She miscalled him. Terming him a cow and a coward and a beast. It's not going to help you, is it? It's not going to. It's not the kind of pillow talk you want. No, not really. It's not going to encourage your husband. Uh, can you really blame Francis? No, no, you know no. she's like, Ugh, get away from me. She talks publicly about how she's disgusted by him. She insults him, locks herself in a room when he tries to instigate anything. Devereux counters this by insisting, of course, it's only her that causes his so-called impotence Mm. that she's been talking about in court. He can't even get it up. To the point where he will talk to his friends and if anyone brings it up, he lifts his shirt, drops his pants and shows them his erection. Nice. Okay. And says, look, look, I can. I I can. can. There it is. I can. I can only assume his friends are saying, have you had an erection the entire time we've been talking you've just whipped that out what what is this between what, what, us what, what's going on what's there? going on between yeah, us right now i mean let's see where it leads yeah absolutely <laughs> so yeah, so Devereux is just walking around with his cock out in court and, and and many reports have this it's just him going look it's hard look it works it works it works i tell you it's not romantic not really no <laughs> The marriage, if you can call it that, has obviously soured. And now Francis has laid her eyes on the much tastier treat, Robert Carr. Robert Carr was from Lande but not noble family. So good enough to come mm-hmm. to court, not on high on the list. Born in England, served as a page in Scotland to an earl. And he is destined for the court of James I. So he's, he's going to be welcome to the court. He is a man who really is, in so many words, described as pretty but stupid. Nice. Completely thick. Hot. Hot, hot. Hot but stupid. Not a good thought in his head. Um, But everyone loves him. He's charming. He's lovely. He's pretty. He's pretty. He's pretty. Just keep your mouth shut. And he's... (laughs) (laughs) Very much so. That's why he gets to court if the writings are to be believed. It's that everyone wanted to be around him. Mm. But not everyone wanted to be around his friend, Thomas Overbury. His good friend, Thomas Overbury, they met in Scotland. Thomas is a few years older than Robert. He wants to have a position in court. Very intelligent, very shrewd man, not particularly charming. Mm. People just, they say they rub, he rubs people up the wrong way, they don't love him. But Robert 
Robert and him get on very well. Robert looks up to him and he thinks, okay, right. Robert is my key into court. I'm going to mentor him. I'm going to be his advisor and I'm going to make sure that he gets into court and I'll be right there. Perfect. In 1606, Carr and Overbury are sort of on the edges of King James the First Court. Carr takes part in a jousting tournament. And as luck would have it, he, you know, he has a, he has a break in the case. He breaks his leg. Okay. While jousting. The king witnesses this and is was I think tradition is that if you are injured, the king will come along and go, Good show, well done. Well yeah, done. Well you're done, not well dead. Done. Well, well, well done for not dying. So King James <laughs> goes in to meet Robert Carr, lying there with his broken leg, and he looks at Robert and he likes him. I love you. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, Robert. <laughs> oh wow, I should have worn something nice. <laughs> he really, really, really takes a shine mm. to Robert. Oh yes, he will take care of him personally. He will take care of him. He is gonna sit by his bedside and read him Latin. Oh, very nice. Every day, which does cure a broken leg. Definitely. Exactly Definitely. what he needs. Once he's all better, King James gives Robert a knighthood and all of Walter Raleigh's old estates. Nice. Taking them off Walter Raleigh's family, by the way. He yeah, has a they, son they and a wife. They don't need them. Walter Raleigh's dead by now, yeah, but they're exactly. like, what, what What? the fuck, man? And he's like, no, 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 he pretty, he he's, pretty. He's, he's much prettier. What have you done lately? <laughs> has he discovered any countries? <laughs> has he brought me back What's any more potatoes? What's the sun potatoes? done? Come on. <laughs> yeah, fuck Raleigh. So Carr becomes one of the king's favourites. And this is where we have a little side mission for a moment. Let's talk about dear old James mm. and his favourites. He had a few. He did have a few. Yeah. He did have a few. Famous for it. Generally very attractive young men. It is widely thought of now that James was a fan of both the ladies and the men. Yeah. Not written about a lot in history. It's unsurprising. <laughs> unsurprising. The fact that it is written about and not ever mentioned. <laughs> Rumours and there were very prominent uh, writers who referenced his love for his favourites without... Wanting to go down that route. Explicitly going down that route. Yeah, yeah and, and it is inferred that he was probably pan or he was by. He was having a grand old time. Absolutely. And you would if you're fucking king. <laughs> Why not? Why the hell not? Absolutely. Everybody. Uh, everybody wants to be in my pants. Because <laughs> they know I'm going to give them loads of shit. <laughs> in the Stuart period, you're like, I want to be in my pants. Your pants are probably disgusting, but still, we're disgusting too. So let's go for it. Let's go for it. Uh, politician John Oglander, he wrote when he observed King James, he never yet saw any fond husband make so much or so great dalliance over his beautiful spouse as I have seen King James over his favourites. Particularly later on the Duke of Buckingham, mm. famously George Villiers, whom the king would, recalled by Edward Payton, tumble and kiss as a mistress. Fun times. In the early 2000s, Apethorpe Place, which was one of the residents of the king, there were renovations being carried out. They found a secret passage between the king's chamber and Villiers. Nice. Nice secret passage for sex! <laughs> It's also probably a good time to paint a picture of King James. Thanks to Tim again. I have a lovely description of the king from nobleman Sir Anthony Weldon. And, uh, it's quite... <laughs> it's, it paints a picture, so take it literally. Okay. He was of middle stature. Mm -hmm. More corpulent through his clothes than his body. Yet fat enough. Okay. His clothes being ever large and easy, the doublets quilted for stiletto proof. Mm. His breeches in great pleats and full stuff. Nice. He was naturally of a timorous disposition, which was the reason for his quilted doublets. His eyes large, ever rolling after any stranger who came into his presence. 
in so much as for shame have left the room out of being out of countenance. So you've got him absolutely padded up. Well, I mean, his sort of the people who have come before before him have not done particularly well yeah. in this job. So one would be paranoid, I feel. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one, a lot of people are trying to kill me. So There's I want been... 15 layers of doublet. <laughs> There's not been an assassination. Well, there's been. he's had a few attempts. They tried to blow him up. True. So that's, that's <laughs> but not, not with a knife. But no, but still, you think, well, they tried that. They, yeah. Why wouldn't they come after me with a Oh, I guess, actually, yeah, knife. yeah. So you've kind of got that period of time. So yeah. I think he's probably got enough to be concerned about that he's not overly well loved <laughs> if people have tried to blow up a whole building um, to get him. Well, the padding isn't going to help, mate. Well, not that, no. But <laughs> And also, his eyes are wheeling round at anyone who comes into the yeah. room. They go, oh, fuck, let's go. Also, his beard was very thin. His tongue was too large for his mouth. It made him drink very uncomely, as if eating his drink. Oh, nice. Ugh. Which came out of the cup at each side of his mouth. So oh. like a Great Dane, kind of yeah. lapping away. <laughs> I've got a bigger glass, maybe, in an order. His skin was as soft as a taffeta sarsnet. Oh. Which felt so because he never washed his hands, only rubbed his fingers at the end slightly with the wet end of a napkin. <laughs> <laughs> his legs very weak. That he was not able to stand at seven years of age. This weakness made him ever leaning on other men's shoulders. Did it? Oh, did, did it? Did it really? <laughs> oh no, I've got to lean on you. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to drape my arms around you and sort of grind against your leg. <laughs> his walk was ever circular. His fingers in that walk ever fiddling about his codpiece. Okay. <laughs> so he's just walking around in a circle. Playing with himself. <laughs> Leaning on whoever's there. Not portraying a great look. Eh? It's not a great look. It's not a, it's it? not a, it's not a brilliant it's like look. It's the regal look, King James. Yeah. He was very temperate in his exercises and in his diet, not intemperate in his drinking. He was very constant in all things, his favourites accepted, in which he loved change. He ever desired to prefer men in great places that when he turned them out again, they should have no friend to bandy with them. And besides, they were so hated in being raised from a mean state to overtop all men that everyone beheld a petty recreation to have them often turned out. Mm. So, yeah, very flighty. A bit of a poison chalice, really, isn't it, being a king's favourite? So, well, it's be you're great while you're there, but when you're no longer flavour of the month and no one mm. wants to talk to you. There's <laughs> a line, I think, is in The Talented Mr Ripley. When you're in the sun, it's wonderful, but when you're out of it, it's very, very cold. Mm. Mm. That's probably giving more credit there, actually, to King James, who was walking around in a circle, lapping at his drink like a dog <laughs> and eyeing up everyone in there, fiddling with himself. But there you go. There's the king. But There's the king. the king. He's still the fucking king. <laughs> he's still the fucking king. He's fine. And here's his new favourite, Robert Carr, mm. who's just stupidly following after him. Like, oh, this is great. Lovely. I've got titles now. And Thomas Overy is there, there, like with little, like Jabber's mate on his shoulder. <laughs> There in the shadows, advising him how to advise the king, because the king would take advice from his advisors. But on the flip side, we have the Howards. Back to the Howards. Mm. The Howard family are still trying to climb up the ranks yet again. They have the sights set on glory, and that is in the shape of the cunning form of Francis Carr. In 1613, she and Robert Carr have struck up quite a friendship. How nice. She has spied him. He pretty. He pretty. And he looks at her and goes, oh, she got... Boobs that don't go in the right direction. <laughs> no nipples. I love that. That's my one thing. <laughs> Their friendship develops and now Frances is demanding an annulment from her husband. She says she has made every effort to consummate the marriage. He was not able to perform and she remains a virgin. It's unlikely that she did ever shag her husband, 
but may well have had a few flings around <laughs> yeah. court. Yeah. Now, her family helped push the annulment through. It takes a long time. Conveniently enough, Robert Cecil, the great advisor to kings and queens, has just died, so there's a nice Howard-shaped hole in the court where they go, okay, let's okay. push this through, let's get this annulment through. Wouldn't it be great if Francis was married to one of the king's favourites? Thomas Overbury does not like this one I bit. Know, I imagine. He hates Francis. Does not want her anywhere near Robert. No, Carr. it's his plaything. Exactly. <laughs> is it? Is it because he's like, no, I worked really hard mm. to be his best mate, and the Howards are going to come. The Howards are going to come in and take my position. Steal this. Was there more to their relationship? Maybe I'll leave that on the table. Maybe he's not going to stand a chance in court if the Howards are in play. No. Though. What's worse, the king likes her. It's not that he likes her; he doesn't have any objection to them shagging. The king has his favourites. He's like, oh, yeah. no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Crack on. You crack on. I'm shagging I'm, everyone. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying, well, everyone oh, around me. I'm having a great time. Oh, help yourself. In a classic negotiating tactic. And it is classic. Overbury writes a poem about what an ideal wife should be. It is classic tactic. And the poem reads as thus. Then may I trust her body with her mind, and thereupon secure, need never know the pangs of jealousy, and love doth find more pain to doubt her false than know her so, for patience is of evils that are known, the certain reminder, but doubt hath none. Okay. Yeah. Uh. I fear this is wasted on car. <laughs> and most of us. Yeah, I managed to get that written down. Yeah. To actually decipher that one. It took me three goes <laughs> to work that out, and even then it makes no sense. It's sort of going... She she's a slut. I don't like her <laughs> in a roundabout way. He is not getting the subtlety of it all. Mm. Carl's just going, "Oh, that's nice. There's flowers over there." He's like, "No, you bastard!" But Frances hears it, mm. and she's smarter than Robert yeah. Carr, and she doesn't like it one bit. She's pretty pissed off with Overy, and this will not do. Mm. And I think that's time for a drink. Oh yes, time for more jelly. More for more jelly. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, Nick, mm. we have our drinks you, and our jelly. Uh, you have some jelly. We have a plate of jelly. It's a yeah. bit firmer than it was before. Yeah, slightly more amorphous blob than it was. Uh, it, it is a bit, yeah. It's like Slimer. So I'm going to go in again. Mm. <laughs> it's bits of lime. And it's weird. I thought it was a bit of your skin. <laughs> no. I mean, that's better. That's better. That's so, actually not bad, actually. No, it was, it was not bad from the start, but... <laughs> oh, I can eat that. Have some. You enjoying that one? Yeah, have some jelly. Okay. Have a... Yeah, it's a little bit more firm. What do you think? Well, it probably helps because it's fresh out of the fridge, so it's colder. Yeah, it's nice and cold. Whereas before, it had warmed slightly. <laughs> have some we'll more. Pass the jelly around. Have some more jelly. Delicious jelly. Well, anyway, we have mm. our jelly. We have our drinks. We're back in the court of James I. Yes. Thomas Overbury has been writing poems about Francis Carr. Not the best tactic, possibly. Mm. She's now pissed off. Robert Carr is just looking at some tapestry in the background. Going, <laughs> <laughs> Francis 
wants her annulment. The family are rushing this through. The, the, the king is reluctant, even though he's not opposed to Cara and Francis having a relationship. He's reluctant for an annulment because, okay, this is this could piss off a lot of people. Yeah, it also opens a precedent really for other people coming forward. Yeah. And, oh, it's a, and I've got stuff to do. But she complies with a chastity check. Okay. Yeah, she says, no, no, I will prove, I will prove that I'm a virgin. I will okay. prove I'm a virgin. Ten matrons, two midwives. Yeah. Have a good old look. Have a good old rummage. Have a good old rummage down there. Let's see what that <laughs> confirms. She is indeed a virgin. Okay. It's just very helpful that she wore a very heavy veil through all of that, and was probably of a completely different shape and size. <laughs> not, not a substitute at all. Not no. anyone at all. No modesty. Don't, don't look at my face. Like, wow. Let's just say she's a virgin. Yeah, now, let's go with that. Around this time, interestingly enough, Francis had a woman called Cunning Mary. Arrested. Ooh, cunning Mary. Cunning Mary. Now, what do we think her profession is? Uh, is she going to be a witch? Is she some sort of faith healer? Some sort of witch. I'm going for yes, witch. Yes, gives palm readings. Yep. Does some nice medicine-y bits and pieces yep. in the background. Has her arrested for stealing one of her rings. <gasps> How weird. How strange. Why would she let this woman into a house? No, no, no. But she has. She has stolen my ring. Cunning Mary on her arrest, counters that, no, Francis had hired me. She had hired me and given me the ring as collateral to provide poison <gasps> to her and other witchy shenanigans. She didn't know. use those words, but witchcraft is, yeah. is spread around. Other services. To get rid of her husband. Mm. Now, Cunning Mary said she'd refused, refused to do such a thing. Doesn't do and such now things. Francis has had her arrested. Mm, how very convenient. Mm. And of course... The courts, the trial, well, you know, barely even in court. They just go, no, we don't believe Cunning Mary. Yuff, you go to jail. We'll kill mm. you and hang you and just, just push you about a bit. Francis is completely blameless. It was said at the time that Cunning Mary used this tactic a lot, that she would provide special um, treatments and ointments to ladies, whether they were cosmetics, whether they were things for their you know, unwanted pregnancies mm, yeah. and also maybe a little bit of Julia Tavana in the background. And if anyone didn't pay up, she'd say, okay, fine, I'm going to accuse you of procuring my services. Rhyme me. But it didn't work that time. But then this starts the rumours that Francis may have had unsavoury dealings. Yes, she knows some dodgy characters. The annulment was slow, but it eventually happened. Overbury is trying everything in his power in the background to stop it happening he is smart but he's not charismatic like carl he needs carl he absolutely needs it and the howards just go we need to get him out of the yeah, way yeah you need to get him out of the way and they do bold. it in quite a cunning way first of all they manipulate overbury in insulting the queen now we don't know what it is unfortunately make something up if you want to mm. you have very poor ankles <laughs> maybe <laughs> says something it gets back to the queen enough that she is furious not enough to reject him from court but she says i will not have him not, present not stand for this absolutely. yeah that that should be good enough good enough yeah. you know like it's okay you'll be pushed out of favor mm. but no the howards know one step further they manage to get the ear of the king through francis through robert and they suggest that thomas overbury intelligent articulate man should be made ambassador for russia oh that's far away <laughs> very far away nice okay the king agrees yeah thomas doesn't want to leave carl's side if he accepts it he's in russia mm. if he declines he's insulted the king yeah indeed you can't is that's a you can't get out of that one he refuses sent to the tower yeah brilliant work by the Howards. that's that's that's, that's <laughs> a cunning bit of policy yeah. in that they win it's win-win win-win yeah. win for them indeed he turns down the position the king 
sends him to the tower. Yeah, this was not an invitation. This was a, you are going to Russia. <laughs> so he's imprisoned in the tower. And he's in there for five months. And this is where the details drop off completely. Ah. Because he dies. Mm. He dies in the tower. Oh no, how did that happen? Outside, the annulment has been granted. Francis and Robert Carr are married on Boxing Day 1630. Well, 18 months pass. Everything's fine. Everything's lovely. It's great. The Howard's cars, you know, they're now Earl and Countess of Somerset. Fantastic. King lights them. They're in court. Peachy, peachy, peachy. Jolly old time. Summer of 1615. The king suddenly finds a new favourite. Georges Villiers. Mm. Yes, the Duke of Buckingham. A rift somehow occurs between him and Carl. We don't know what it was. We don't know why he fell out of favour, but it happens. And it's around this time that rumours start to abound that Thomas Overbury, 18 months earlier, plus, may have died from unnatural causes. Suddenly... The rumor mill goes into overdrive. Yeah, well, now he's not the favourite anymore. His, his, he must have rivals. He must have people wanting to get him out of the way. Yeah, but particularly focused on Francis. Mm. In a dingy bedroom that year, somewhere in Yorkshire, an apothecary's assistant lies dying on his bed. And his last breath he uses to confess that he helped Francis Howard Carr procure poisons Mm. she paid him 20 pounds to find poison to kill thomas overbury (laughs) his family is standing there going you've nothing else to say to us at all no 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 no. okay fine i I love my children i love my wife no none of that (laughs) this obscure bit of political shit well there we are you're a bastard rumors swirl even further the king has no choice but to instigate an investigation Mm. appoints his attorney general at the time francis bacon bacon Love bacon. Love bacon. Love bacon. I just have to say bacon every time I hear Francis Bacon. I know he's one of the great minds of all time. But still, yeah, there is that. Yeah, there is that, but also bacon. Also bacon. Good for bacon. They uncover a letter from the governor of the prison in the Tower of London from a man whose name is uh, bothers me every time I read it. Gervais Helwis. Some people okay. say Elwis or Helwis or I'm kind of going to go with Elwis probably he's dead you know what he's not kind of come after me but sorry if i've gotten that wrong to historians but he claimed this governor of the jail that thomas overbury had been subjected to repeated poisonings in his final days he has this letter because it contains a confession from the man's keeper richard weston who had been bribed by francis howard Mm. carr to deliver poison to him and repeatedly he received sweets tarts and jelly Jelly. Jelly. Kind Jelly. Of sweets and tarts. <laughs> I like sweet tarts. Every single one of the accounts, it's jellies. Jelly. Jellies. Jelly. Now, they may have been sweet jellies or something like that, but a little jelly. Like these vodka, je- vodka like, margarita margarita jellies. Margarita jellies. He was like, margarita jellies for you. Could I have fruit? No, no. There's a lot of scurvy in here. Well, the margarita will help. This calls for another spoonful of margarita. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not aged well I'm not gonna lie <laughs> it really really hasn't fuck it <laughs> it's good tequila <laughs> all of these tarts and jellies and sweets what were they laced with I'm assuming some sort of arsenic 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 alarm arsenic alarm arsenic alarm <laughs> yes white powder white powder dripped on there not just arsenic though the arsenic is the least of his problems oh, okay really because Again, the reports around this time become very sort of very compressed of, oh, yeah, this person wrote a letter. He was he was killed by a load of jellies, ladies and tarts that had arsenic in it. 
but then the governor of the jail was trying to sort of claw back some respectability going i tried to stop it i tried to stop it i tried to stop the food but when that happened thomas overbury was allegedly killed by an enema laced with mercury chloride okay oh a mercury enema that's weighty i'm sure you have questions as to why he accepted the enema I, i would imagine he'd probably not given much choice and why an enema well, it's gonna. It's, it's efficient. Gonna cure you. Yeah. It's gonna, that it's, was less suspicious than the jellies. Yeah. Perhaps he has. Perhaps he had weekly medical eminas. Yeah, every week. It's just there's no explanation behind this. Is in was this a treatment? There must have been some sort of medical shenanigans going on there. Maybe because I don't know. But there's a here's your enema filled with poison. Here's your here's your weekly enema. Here's your weekly enema. This time it's full of mercury. Please do chime in, people, if you know why they all got enemas. But that's how we died. That's how we died. After being loaded up with arsenic, wasn't doing it fast enough. Those in the tower did not report these poisonings for fear of being targeted themselves. By a very powerful family. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Francis and Robert Carr were arrested for murder in October 1615. So were the governor, the guard who looked after him. They are, during the trial, convicted and executed. Yeah. B- barely even a trial. <laughs> barely even a trial. You said this, okay, this happened. You, okay, hanged. What? Oh. What? What? No, no, they were absolutely killed. Francis on arrest confesses. She, okay. she pleads guilty. And this is probably a ploy to get clemency from the mm. king. Because if you plead guilty at the time, the king may look favorably on yeah. you. Robert Carr refuses to plead guilty. Stubbornly so. Nope. To the point where the king okay. writes to him and says, plead guilty, I will give you clemency. And he says, no. Okay. Overbury was his friend. Yeah, I did not do this. Also, why is the king telling him plead guilty? Plead guilty. Mm. Is he going to reveal something? Maybe that the king knew. Maybe the queen knew who was very insulted by Overbury. Mm. That's what lots of people think about. In her confession, Francis reveals that a woman named Anne Turner supplied her with various poisons to kill Overbury. Anne was Francis's former servant and friend. And this, again, is a little side mission of just who is this woman and why have you never spoken about her? A widow of a doctor and a prominent businesswoman. Prominent businesswoman in that she was the owner of a couple of brothels, had a wonderful sideline in supplying saffron-coloured ruffs and collars. Oh, nice. Yes, very much the fashion at the time. Absolutely, nice. Yeah. Like a bit of yellow. Reportedly the illegitimate daughter of astrologer and occultist Simon Foran. Very mm. interesting man. If you look up stuff, it's like, there's there's too much on him that I could include <laughs> on this. I was like, I was going to include some of his stuff. I was like, there's no time. There's no time. Anne Turner, she had met with Francis. She said, I know how to supply you. With poison, I'm going to introduce you to this apothecary. I thought it was the chap in Yorkshire. Yeah, the apothecary. He was the assistant uh, of the apothecary. Right. The, there's a links. chain. There's a chain, links my friend. Together. Anne was brought to court, and the authorities had found pornographic and heretical material in her home. <gasps> the pornographic material, which they read out in detail in nice. court. Everyone enjoyed this. Certain pictures of a man and a woman in capulation. <gasps> Also, Miss Turner had pictures, namely one in wax, very sumptuously apparelled in silks and satins. Also, one other sitting in form of a naked woman spreading and laying forth her hair in a looking glass. Ooh, scandalous. Mm-hmm. She also had parchments on which were written the names of the Holy Trinity and a little figure and the words written corpus. Another parchment was fastened with a little piece of the skin of a man. So Anne decided to confess to her part in the murder rather than be tried as a heretic and a witch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hanging Pretty, versus Bernie, Bernie, death. 
Yeah, better way to go. And she got her wish. She was hanged at Tyburn. She admitted before she was hanged that she had gotten the poisons of Francis from an apothecary named James Franklin. He was found executed immediately as well. When she was sentenced, the chief justice, a man named Coke, referred to her as a whore, a bored, a sorcerer, a witch, a papist, a felon and a murderer. Quite a combination of things. And he ordered her to be hanged in the fashionable starched ruffles she had invented. <laughs> nice. Hanged in these glorious mm. yellow ruffles and collars. As I said, there are theories that Frances may have been painted as the orchestrator of this entire plot because she was a strong-willed woman. She knew what she wanted and she was going to be the orchestrator of her own fate. It's possible that the Queen wanted Overbury out of the way. It's possible that lots of nobles wanted rid of him. Yeah. And helped yeah. on this journey. Francis and Robert Carl were both found guilty of murder. Francis guilty of plotting his death. Robert for apparently covering up his wife's involvement and bribing people. You know who was sitting on the jury of Francis's trial? Dunmer. Her first husband. Oh. <laughs> Devereux. Mm. sentenced her to death yeah he's not gonna be happy he was just sitting there in the jury like oh oh good now francis was sentenced to death she was pregnant at the time of her Mm. trial she gave birth to a daughter anne in the tower in december 1615 but in april 1616 the king commuted their sentence from death to imprisonment and six years later francis was released from the tower Eight years later, Robert was released. The pair, their reputation in absolute tatters. Yeah. Francis painted as a witch and a whore and a bored and all manner of things. They lived the rest of their lives in hiding and relative obscurity. Francis would die 10 years later at the age of 42. She was buried at Audley House, the seat of the Howard family in Essex. And that is the oh. story of Francis Howard Carr, Thomas Overbury, and the court of James I. Yes. And maybe it will open up some more <laughs> stories to certain plots God, that happened. there's happens. a lot going on there. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. It's a crazy mad story of a there's lot. a lot, lot going on there. <laughs> trying to keep the thread of who, who's done what to whom. <laughs> I know. It's not easy to do because you try and cut some of it out and then you go, no, this is no, too this, good. Yeah, it's too good. It's too good. You can't cut that out because it makes no sense otherwise. <laughs> you had all of James the First. You had everything that France was doing, everything the Howards are doing, and all their history. And then Anne Turner turns yeah. up, throwing <laughs> pornography around the place and going, "Hello, I know where to get all the drugs." <laughs> well, what do you I think? I can Nick? do all the good stuff. I mean, it's it's, fun, it's a fantastic. It's a fantastic piece, period of history. Yeah, it's courtly skullduggery of mm. just people. Yeah, people wanting people out of the way, and then all oh, the king's favourite this week. I can't touch him. Can't touch, can't touch And then two months later, King's not bothered anymore. Right! Yeah. <laughs> we can shove people I've out of the way. I've always hated that man. So <laughs> let's get him. It is amazing in the um, Elizabethan, Jacobean, Tudor, Stuart, <laughs> that, that people sort of say, oh, no, they weren't all savages. And they weren't, it, was, it wasn't completely lawless because, of course, it wasn't a lawless society. But everyone was happy to kill each other. Everyone was happy to, yeah, do whatever they could to get ahead. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not quite Game of Thrones. But it's not far off. It's not far off. There were fires. There were explosions. There yeah. were murders. There were all That's sorts of absolutely. plots happening to just get them out of the way and get their rivals out of the way. That are just kind of like, oh, that just happened. It just happened. Yeah. Happened. yeah just the, happened. the house is burned down with all four hundred <laughs> children in it, and it's like, oh, it just happened. It just happened. Yeah. I love this period of history because there's enough written about it, and also you can you can have fun with it as oh, well. Gosh, <laughs> no one was a nice person. <laughs> no, really not. Everyone no. had their own agenda and their own schemes and their own yeah the reasons yeah. for doing dreadful dreadful things to people women didn't get 
a, a, a great run, let's face it. No, no, absolutely. Pretty conniving, and they got away with a lot of stuff. Yeah, Possibly the, more so than in other periods, I would I mildly think the argue. Ones, the ones who, who managed to claw their way up into power... Yeah, obviously, and you could claw your way up. Yeah, you could, absolutely. But to do that, you had to be... Ruthless. ruthless utterly ruthless mm. and s- centered on what you want yeah um, and no matter who gets in your way and yeah. then you could yeah they absolutely women could could reach the top but mm. they left a big old pile of bodies behind them <laughs> it's, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> it's like mm, interesting yeah. and they were sought after for their views and yeah. they were advising people yeah it's a great it's just a great <laughs> period of time james the first is also mental he is, yeah he's a brilliant he's character so in his own right interesting his, yeah absolutely his obsession with with witchcraft and all this sort of stuff is is a fascinating in his own is brilliant as we've talked about before that like he just went to denmark and then discovered there were witches and just went there are witches there are witches okay fuck everyone and like people going what the hell i just was trying to <laughs> mend your leg brilliant brilliant time and maybe james the first time gay i'm thinking probably a little bit gay L- just a lot just a yes. quite a lot gay everyone was fine with it it was well, absolutely <laughs> and also he's the king no one's going to sit there and go, you really shouldn't be doing that, mate. Well, unless he falls out of favour. That's the thing. So, is that later on, is that as soon as you kind of, oh, if you fall out of favour, then it's like that will be brought up against you. Not not a lot, though. Not really. Not a lot, considering how many monarchs there were that did yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> I think all that sort of stuff was generally pretty, it's just like, oh, this is what happens. Until you get to the Victorians and they're like, um. <laughs> we had Queen Victoria went, no, none of everyone must wash daily. None of that. And no makeup. But before that, you're like, shag who you like. <laughs> shag who you like. It's fine. Have a grand old time. Might cut your head off, but we'll have a grand old time. You'll have lived well. <laughs> exactly. You'll have lived well. <laughs> what do you think, people? What do you think of the story of Francis Howard? car what do you think of this period of history of the howards of king james the first sixth of scotland of the various players in this of the tower and how you would be able to poison someone with an enema and not make it look weird <laughs> tell us what you think jump on the comments of this episode wherever you listen to it and also on social media tell us your thoughts your theories your musings and while you do so you know what get some gelatin <laughs> ignore nick's laughter yeah <laughs> i'm with him i've eaten the whole plate you have and I'm regretting it now. So, yeah, well, I'm not regretting it now because it's the end of the episode. Well, in the morning. <laughs> but it's kicked in. Oh, in the morning is fine. All I'm going to do is edit this. Guys, if this sounded weird, you know why. Because I ate that jelly like it was normal jelly. Yeah. It was a normal jelly. A lot of margaritas. <laughs> so, this is your sign. Make the jello shots. Mm. Do it. Relive your youth if you were, if, there's, if that's what you had in your but younger make, years. Make fancy. Don't just, not or just make like, fancy. Vo- make fancy jello shots. Absolutely. So, yep. yeah. So, yeah. Get, get your favorite cocktail. Chuck mm. some gelatin in there. See what happens. Whenever you listen to this, make jello shots enjoy them but if you're listening to this in real time this weekend if you can get some jello shots or make some jello shots send us pictures we'd love to know what you're doing because it's a tasty snack it's a tasty snack it's a tasty snack it's it's carbs probably it's the one sugar. thing i think it isn't it's sugar isn't it <laughs> no really was it not great why are we eating more of these this is my this is now my new diet send us pictures of whatever cocktails you are enjoying wherever you are in the world and send us more suggestions of stories that we can be covering if you haven't already please consider joining us on patreon for more episodes every single week as well as a lot of bonus content including some book chat coming up this weekend and videos thanks for listening guys we have been the people inside the poisoner's cabinet we will see you next week and remember 
your loved ones are trying to kill you. Oh, yeah.